Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. You know, Hammer, this, this is always a sad, somber date on the American calendar, the uh, anniversary of 9-11. And this is not something we're going to spend the whole hour on, but I do think it's appropriate to at least start a, a segment out with uh, some remembrance and some reflection on the evil events that day and the horrific way that people lost, you know, just under 3,000 people lost their lives. And one of the perks of working here at 93 WIBC, like the dream gig for you and I, Nigel, sure. radio nerds growing up in Indy, this powerful frequency is you get access to the archives. And let's go back to when WIBC's morning show at the time, which was Jeff Pigeon and Terry Stacy, yep. um, they were just talking about the news of the day. Before the attacks happened, this was the big story on WIBC. Good morning. It's 7.39 at WIBC. Uh, Vince Watch, of course, our sports director uh, with me here this morning. And Vince, we've been talking all morning long about Michael Jordan coming back after that uh, three-year retirement, that three-year layoff. And he has been working out, uh, what, for the last several months. And, and uh, I guess the question is whether or not uh, he should be coming back. So Jordan wow. was having another comeback. Was that with the Wizards? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But that was the big story of the day. You know, the biggest athlete on the planet doing another comeback. But then, just minutes later, this was how Jeff Pigeon broke the news. All right, thank you very much. Uh, we're following a late-breaking story here too this morning. A plane has crashed into the, to the world into the World Trade Center uh, tower in uh, New York City. This is absolutely spectacular. Uh, we'll have the latest from uh, ABC in uh, just a matter of moments here at 10:70 WIBC, and from our news center too this morning. I'm telling you, folks, this is incredible. Plane that has crashed into the World Trade Center tower in uh, New York City. Some of this film is absolutely dramatic, and uh, I, I, it's, 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 I've never seen anything. Uh, like this, and we're going to get the latest from uh, ABC in just a couple of seconds here. Again, this story uh, just broke. And Nigel got to thinking about this. If you grew up in central Indiana and you're maybe a little younger than we are, maybe your first exposure to WIBC was the coverage of 9-11. Yeah, and it's, it's I mean, like I was on the air at X one hundred three when it happened, and they went into syndicated coverage all day. Like they right. played, they pumped into ABC, and then about six o'clock, uh, I started playing music again. And I remember my boss was like, "Just you know, no frills radio tonight. No taking calls, being a jerk. This is you know, this is this is a big deal." And it, it, when you talk about young people, other people in the military right now, eighteen year old Marines that that weren't even alive. When this happened, it's crazy to think about that. So I remember yeah, walking outside, Nige, and the thing that was bizarre to me was how quiet it was because no planes were in the sky. It was a national grounding of all aircraft. No planes except Air Force One. 
Right. Yeah. And by the way, just a side note, I, I posted a an article. I don't know how old it is. It might be a few years old, but it, it's basically a chilling and compelling account of the timeline for Air Force One specifically on 9-11 from the time George Bush learned about it in Florida when he was in that classroom to, you know, they landed in Shreveport to refuel and he videotaped a statement and he was very adamant about wanting to go back to Washington, Bush was, but the Secret Service wouldn't let him right away. And that's on our Twitter? That's, yeah, at Hammer and Nigel, yeah. This is coverage from NBC when the second plane hit the tower. Taken out of the building. Uh, you say that emergency vehicles are there, understandably so, but of course the major concern is human oh loss. I mean, do you know if there were many people in the building? Oh, another one just hit. Something else just hit. A very large plane oh. just oh. flew directly over my building and there's been another collision. Can you see it? I yes. can see it on the shot. Oh my. Something else has you just You know what? We just saw a plane circling the building. It is in the other building. We just saw a plane circling the building. I hate listening to that. I think it's important to remember, though, and it's, it's important to to never forget what what happened on that. This is just an awful, awful day. And by the way, when the first plane hit, nobody really knew it was a commercial aircraft. Even in that article that I posted, some of the people on Air Force One thought it was a like a, just a twin engine sightseeing prop, plane, prop plane or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Right, where there was just maybe some sort of isolated incident. When that second plane hit, we all everybody knew. knew. Everybody knew. Uh, coverage of CNN when the first tower fell. And there, as you can see, perhaps the second tower, the front tower, the top portion of which is collapsing. Good Lord. There are no words. You can see large pieces of the building falling. You can see the smoke rising. You can see a portion of the, the, the side of the building now just being covered on the right side, as I look at it, covered in smoke. This is just a horrific scene and a horrific moment. Wow. I mean, if yeah. I still remember exactly the oh, feelings yeah. that I had, what I was doing, where I was at. It was such a crazy day in my family that day, Nige, because unrelated to the tax, we had a death in our family. Mm, mm, uh, mm. My cousin had passed away that day and something totally separate. So all of this is going on, wow. you know, in my family at once. Here's a little montage of some of the day's events. This just in, you are looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. Oh my God, another plane has just hit. Oh, another one just hit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, directly over my door. Oh my goodness. Oh God. There's another one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a, a difficult moment for America. Uh, today, we've had a national tragedy. Uh, two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. Man, 22 years ago. That's hard to believe. On this date. Yeah. Now, also, this is the anniversary of the deadly Benghazi attack mm. as well. I don't want to forget that because people lost their lives. In 2012, the Benghazi attack, which was coordinated against two United States government facilities by Islamic militants, four Americans died. The ambassador, uh, Christopher Stevens, 
the information officer, Sean Smith, and two CIA ops, uh, Glenn Doherty and Tyrone Woods, both former Navy SEALs. And if you remember the fallout to Benghazi, this is when Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State at this point and gearing up for presidential runs, plural, runs. This is how she responded when a senator wanted to find out why this took place. With all due respect, the fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a protest or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? I don't know. Ask the victims' families. That's a good question for the victims' families, don't you? And let's not forget about uh, crazy Benghazi lady, Benghazi lady Susan Rice, who was the uh, U.S. ambassador to the United Nations at the time, lying to the world about the motivations behind that attack of Benghazi, saying it was some anti-Muslim movie that was made that was out on YouTube, and that was like a right. excuse for that. It's so such a liar. So th- th- those two are despicable. And by the way, just just back to 9/11 for a minute, like people that have made comparisons uh, comparing 9-11 to January 6th. There's been plenty of those comparisons over the past couple of years. Uh, Despicable. Absolutely despicable. I mean, take a look at the photos, Hammer. (laughs) Take the photos of the guy running through the uh, the Capitol holding the podium, the ski bro waving Smiling high to the, the camera, camera, and then put you know put that alongside a photo of w- one of the twin towers collapsing. Somebody jumping yes, from the absolutely. top of a tower, burning because they can't handle the smoke and heat anymore. And for Kamala Harris and other folks to say January sixth is on par with that, you're absolutely right. Disgusting. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. What an awesome day yesterday. Had some buddies over, had the grill going, had the beer flowing, had the TV on in the garage, watching some dolts. Uh, you know, I, I was I was pleasantly, it was fun watching the Colts again. I forgot what that was like. Even though they lost, they were ahead at one point, Hammer. In the fourth quarter, I believe they were ahead yeah. at one point. And they just couldn't keep it together. They got the rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. I had fun watching him. He was making um, some plays that I don't feel Matt Ryan <laughs> would have made no? the year before. No? <laughs> um, I, like that play, I think they probably should have just kicked the field goal, at least maybe stopped the clock and challenged the spot remember early on in the game at the they were on the 20 yard line and they right. and they got a bad spot and it was fourth down and they rushed it and they didn't get it and, and that 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 maybe could have changed the outcome of the game I thought possibly but 
We didn't get the, uh, I mean, you know, they are who we thought they were, maybe, or no? The real reality is the better team won. Yeah. Like, I hate to say that, but Jacksonville is the preseason favorite to win that division. They've got an experienced quarterback, a really good running back. Their defense is pretty solid. Unfortunately, the better team won. But unlike the tie from last year or the loss, you know, the year before, going all the way back to 2013 on opening day, (laughs) um, I think people are optimistic about the direction of where the Colts are going. Because keep in mind, Peyton Manning's rookie year as quarterback, he struggled. He set the record for interceptions. Andrew Luck's first game as quarterback, he threw three picks, I believe, against the Chicago Bears. So there's hope. There's hope with this team, something this franchise desperately needed. But now we turn our attention to what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor, because I think we all agree. Yeah, the running game was uh, lacking. (laughs) (laughs) Old JT could have helped out a little bit yesterday. So I don't know if the relationship can be saved between Taylor and the Colts, or maybe you make a trade. I know the Ravens running back went down injured yesterday. We'll see. But boy, that running game yesterday, woof. That was awful. Uh, College football on Saturday was fun. Notre Dame had a big win. Uh, IU, you heard that game here Friday. Friday. They got a win. Purdue went on the road and got a win. But the biggest game on the schedule was Texas at Alabama. Just two heavyweights going at each other. It was at the point to where the Econo Lodge in Tuscaloosa was charging $1,000 a night, (laughs) minimum two-night stay, you know, so... Some of those nicer hotels are charging five grand. Five grand. And Texas went down to Bama and put a beating on them. Now, ESPN had the game, and they had two different broadcasts. They had the traditional broadcasters play-by-play, and then they had Pat McAfee kind of doing almost like a Manning cast, but he was in the stadium on the sideline with his friends, you know, talking, watching the game, sharing his thoughts. At one point, Matthew McConaughey, who is the biggest Texas Longhorn fan you're going to find. I believe he's got some sort of title from the school. He's like an ambassador. He joined Pat McAfee, and this was right when the long bomb (laughs) touchdown happened that gave Texas a big lead. Take a listen. Hold the baby! The ball! Come down here! Come down here! Did we talk about the long ball? Did we talk about the long ball? Was that money? Was that money? Was that money? Was that right there? A high def, live, in front, touchdown horns. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, I was not watching that game. I was watching tennis. I was watching the semifinals. Medvedev and uh, Alcaraz. Now, speaking of Matthew McConaughey, he was in Novak Djokovic's team's box yesterday during the final between Medvedev and Djokovic, which Djokovic won, which is awesome. I love Djokovic. Gave, I mean, this is the first time he's been allowed in this country in two years because of his stupid vax status and Joe Biden's right. decree. I love people were calling him Novax Djokovic. <laughs> hey But yeah, they had the stupid, they had the Moderna shot of the game. 
and it was it, it was just kind of ironic. They this you know Moderna is one of the vaccine suppliers, right? right. They know, sponsored the U.S. Yeah. Open. Yeah, here's the shot of the game featuring Novak Djokovic, who gave you guys <laughs> who gave the, everybody the big middle finger on the vaccine. It was good, but 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 uh, McConaughey was in Djokovic, so he was all over the place this weekend. He was there in the finals for the U.S. Open on Sunday. He lives a charmed life. Yes, he does. Doesn't he? I love it. He's a great actor. <laughs> Best Matthew McConaughey movie. I'm going to put myself out on a limb. I love The Time to Kill. Uh, yeah, that's the first time I ever seen him in a movie. That's when he became a big star. Dallas Buyers Club, that's the one he won the Oscar for. It was really, really, really good. Yeah, of course, kind of made a name for himself as a Wooderson. Oh, yeah. It, it, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Days that confused. Days that confused, yeah. That's where we got the iconic, all right, all right, all right from. But, I keep getting older, they stay the same age. Which is incredibly creepy. <laughs> but his character was somehow endearing. One of right. the other things, I'm sorry, just real quick. One of the other dumb things, and I texted you about this, you couldn't believe it. So so it was Djokovic and Daniil Medvedev, uh, the U.S. Open. And Medvedev's from Russia. And, and you know, during like they keep the score you know, on the, um, on the lower level left-hand side, and next to each player's name is the country's flag. Right. <laughs> so Djokovic is, like, what, the Serb- Serbian flag? And then Medvedev, it's blank. They won't show the Russian flag. Oh, come on. Like they had Djokovic's so flag, um, and it's, but, but Medvedev's, the entire U.S. Open, it was like that. So every time they'd show his name, they'd show the player's flag of the country of origin, and they left it blank. It's like just this gray this gray thing. It was but so dumb. Who's the virtue signaling person in the graphics room? Like, do you think Putin is sitting somewhere in <laughs> Moscow watching the coverage? Wow, they're not showing our flag. Maybe we've been wrong about this whole Ukraine invasion. <laughs> like, you well, know. at one point they wouldn't let Medvedev play in a couple big tournaments because Russia had invaded Ukraine. I'm like, okay, what does that? I mean, so what they the got North was Korea. the Russian guy against the no vax guy. I'm sure that went over <laughs> real well. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Yeah. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day. With the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Hammer's here. Guy Relford, the gun guy, host of the Gun Guy Show. Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. Also joining us, two-way attorney, licensed firearms instructor guy. How are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with a larger selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or PremierArms.com. All right, I saw this. I just couldn't believe it. This crazy lunatic lunatic tyrannical <laughs> New Mexico governor yeah. that wants to ban firearms in high crime areas. Here's a little bit of that clip here. If there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this 11-year-old and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate 
about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those two. And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subrogated to theirs. And they are not, in my view. Uh, you have to break this down for us. What exactly did she do? What kind of challenges pushback is she getting? And is this what she did, you know, declaring some sort of public emergency with guns um, legitimate? Yeah, well, what she did is she said, well, there's a, a public health emergency. And as we have here in Indiana, um, if you declare a public health emergency, like, for instance, with COVID, that gives the governor certain powers. And the governor can issue executive orders. In her case, in New Mexico, the governor out there um, declared not only a public health emergency, but but said, as a result, she's banning all carry of firearms in in public um, for at least 30 days by anyone, any time. There are certain exceptions, I guess, for police officers and whatnot. But in terms of the public, she said, you simply cannot any longer carry and this is in albuquerque so 30 in 30 city. days to 30 days to cur you know flatten the curve for gun violence yeah well yeah albuquerque. And, and, and so so okay. they're saying well we're seeing a lot of crime in albuquerque so law-abiding citizens you can no longer carry a gun to defend <laughs> yourself that 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 that's her approach but to answer the rest of your question um we just had a, a supreme court decision in the bruin case that you guys and i have talked about many times uh, just came down last june of 2022, and it said, listen, the carry of a firearm outside the home is a fundamental core freedom protected by the Second Amendment. And in that case, they were looking at New York's licensing system for giving handgun licenses that gave handgun licenses to some people, but based on an assessment of how much you needed to carry a gun, that uh, government officials could uh, decline your application for a license to carry. And it said, no, you know what? It, when some citizens have the right to exercise uh, that protected right to bear arms under the Second Amendment, others don't, that violates that core freedom. So this idiot governor, you know, barely what, 14, 15, 16 months from that decision from the Supreme Court that said preventing some citizens, law-abiding citizens from carrying a gun in public, she's going to ban all citizens from carrying a gun in public within an entire city the size of Albuquerque. Guess what? That's absolutely unconstitutional. And I can't believe there was a single lawyer on her staff or in her attorney general's office that didn't pipe up and say, hold on, you can't do this. It's illegal. But we've seen this from Democrats before, though. Joe Biden yeah. tries this all the time. Yeah. He knows stuff is not going to fly, but he wants to make it look like he's fighting the good fight and appeasing some of the big donors does stuff that he knows the courts are going to overturn. Yeah, and that's when it comes back to the other part of her announcement that you guys played. Because a lot of people, appropriately there in New Mexico, as you would expect, have come back to her and said, hold on, when you got sworn into office, didn't you swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States of America? And if you're doing this, which obviously, no question, I mean, it's not even a close call, obviously violates the Constitution, aren't you violating your oath? And she said, oh, no, in an emergency... Nothing is absolute, including my oath. Whoa, whoa, hold on. She is crazy. Do do you put your hand on a Bible and say, I swear to support and defend, protect the Constitution of the United States 
until I don't have to anymore. Because, Unless there's an emergency. Because there's an emergency. Is that how that's written? Is that is that is that how the Constitution is written? Here are the fundamental rights, you know, that our founding fathers laid out that shall not be violated. Where is the part that says, unless there's an emergency? And make no mistake, guys, I mean, this is fundamentally true. If the government can infringe your rights anytime there's an emergency, the government will create an emergency oh, yeah. in order oh, to yeah. infringe your rights. That's absolutely the way that works. And the founders were smart enough to know that. That's why that contingency is not built into the Constitution. So let's say that you, Guy Relford, lived in New Mexico, and you hear your governor say this. I know you're not well-versed on all all the state laws of New Mexico, but what would you be doing next? Oh, I'm, I'm already at the courthouse. I'm filing a lawsuit. And, and guess what? I'm also participating in what happened. I don't know if you guys saw this coverage. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of armed citizens. These are law-abiding citizens with firearms. And a lot of times, you know, open carry protests, I'm kind of ambivalent about, unless they have a, a, a clearly defined objective. This one clearly did. They showed up at the state house. But wait a minute, they weren't allowed to have guns. And and we're all all <laughs> and elite no, you're completely right, Nige. They were not allowed they showed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them showed up in Albuquerque and went to the public square and said, Here we are, what are you gonna do about it? And guess what? What happened right after that? Local sheriff came out and said, I believe this order to be unconstitutional and I will not enforce wow. it. Wow. And Good here's a him. great fact to layer right on top of this. And I love this, love this, love this. You love it when a leftist progressive agenda comes right around to bite them in the ass. <laughs> and that's what we have here because guess what they did two years ago? They repealed qualified immunity for government officials in New Mexico. So they went out and they said, well, you know, cops get too much protection if they use excessive force. So it really caught up in the, you know, defund the police movement kind yeah. of thing. They they eliminated qualified Im immunity, which protects government officials uh, from civil damages, civil liability in the event they, they allegedly violate somebody's constitutional rights. They eliminated that. They repealed that in New Mexico. So one thing I'd also be looking at, to answer your question, Hammer, is I'd be looking squarely at, hmm, is the governor part of the um, uh, government officials that no longer is insulated by qualified immunity such that if she violates my constitutional rights, I can sue her directly. And it's willfully too. She's not like accidentally taking away your rights. She's bragging about it. Well, exactly. There's a good reason the cops didn't do anything then or detain anybody because that could go back around on them as well, right? Some well, private citizen that gets arrested for then the, the cop violated a constitutional right, the cop could get sued personally. That is precisely right, Nigel. And you nailed it right yeah. on the head. And so since, <laughs> since they said, well, you know, we think cops are just getting way too much protection here, so we're going to eliminate, repeal uh, qualified immunity in New Mexico. Guess what? I, if I were if, in, in answer to your question, what would I be doing? I'd be looking to own her mansion <laughs> in, sometime in the next two years after I sue her personally for violating my constitutional freedoms. It's Monday, gun day. Guy Relford with us. So this lunatic governor says, I want to take a specific section and change the rules for that. That. Tell me that doesn't sound very much like what we're seeing in Marion County with a certain Republican mayor candidate guy. That's what yeah. I've been saying all over social media is people are all outraged and they're saying, oh, my God, how can this governor propose any such thing? I'm like, hold on. Have you looked in your own backyard? 
because not only, I mean, predictably, we had Joe Hoxett come out and say, no, I'm completely eliminating concealed carry of firearms in Marion County. You'd expect that from Joe, super left Democrat. You'd expect that from him. That's a mirror image of of what they're talking about doing in New Mexico that, you know, people are understandably outraged about. But (laughs) what then happened, and how many times have we talked about this here on your guys' show, but then the Republican candidate, Jefferson Shreve, came out and said, well, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and, and so he emulates the, the whole damn plan and says, yeah, that's the way we're going to keep people safe is to eliminate rights from law-abiding citizens. And he rolled out, in fairness, he didn't eliminate, he didn't propose to eliminate all concealed carry. He just wants to roll back constitutional carry, which only allows law-abiding citizens to carry a gun in public. So Jefferson Shreve's idea, just like the governor in New Mexico, is to say, I know, let's, uh, let's keep people safe by preventing mm-hmm. law abiding citizens from defending themselves in public. That idiocy is mind-boggling, but it's been mirrored right here. I mean, we're as outraged as everyone is about New Mexico. Our own Republican candidate for mayor right here in Marion County is of exactly the same philosophy. I can't believe more Democrat governors aren't pulling this crap. Well, they will. Yeah, see, yeah, and, and, exactly. And, exactly. And I went on with Tony Cass today to talk about this a little bit. And Tony asked me a really, really good question that I hadn't really thought about, which is, is this a test balloon? Are they doing this as to Albuquerque? Because, by the way, the the health department right here in Marion County, was it Dr. Box, who came out and said, you know, I think gun violence is a public health emergency. Virginia Kane. Virginia Kane. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, they were talking about the same thing in Marion County. Absolutely. So this whole idea of declaring a public health emergency and using that to get around the fact they can't go to the legislature and get anything done on gun control. So what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to Clear a public health emergency so they don't have to go to the legislature. The, the executive, through the governor or mayor, and their, um, their executive agencies, like a health department, can limit your constitutional rights, yours and mine. That's exactly what this looks like. If this is successful in Albuquerque, and the reason I'm glad people are as outraged and it's getting as much attention as it is, if this is uh, successful in New Mexico, then we'll see it all over the country. I'll guarantee you we'll see it right here in Marion County. Both mayor candidates in Indiana. Indianapolis are rooting for the governor of North yeah. of, of New Mexico. Let that sink in. <laughs> Let just that a little sink bit. in. Like I, I couldn't believe, like the David Hogg dude was tweeting about this. The the the, the Parkland guy. Yeah, that, that is now uh, anti two A. Even when when you've lost David Hogg, <laughs> right? Didn't he tweet about this and say, yeah. Yeah, no, this is you can't do this. Well, it said constitutional rights don't disappear in an yeah. emergency, and, and he's right on that. But by the way, during COVID, we we saw lawsuits uh, be successful all across the country yeah. um, that said, you know what, I I, I want to go to the church of my choice and exercise the free exercise of religion clause of the, of the First Amendment, and the government says I can't go to my church of choice. Why doesn't that violate my my free exercise of religion uh, rights under the First Amendment? And courts all across the country came out and said it does. And that's why that'll never happen again. On the YouTube chat, Bonnie, can we write in Abdul on the ballot? Yes, you can. You can write in a candidate for the mayor's race in Indianapolis. Neither one of these clowns deserve your vote. They're both rooting for the lunatic governor in New Mexico. That should tell you all you need. I'm telling you, I'm putting money down. I think Abdul may set a record for write-in votes this year. Where can people find you at, Guy? At Guy Relford on Twitter, at Guy Relford. 
Guy, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. So one of our favorites on this program is Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. Oh, yeah. He had some thoughts on how the press is really going after Mitch McConnell right now because he's old and he has these incidents. But looking at what Joe Biden did at Vietnam. Oh, that was awful. They're going to have to take a look at Joe, too. All the the press here on Capitol Hill has wanted to talk about this week is uh, Senator McConnell. Uh, They're they're wetting their collective pants with delight (laughs) and being able to talk about it because it keeps them from having to talk about President Biden. I mean, the the polls clearly show whether you agree or disagree that uh, about 60 percent of the American people um, think that President Biden can't finish a sentence without taking a nap. Um, but the press up here doesn't want to talk about that. I'm going to spit out my monster right there when he said wetting their collective pants. I love this guy. Well, don't take a drink now okay. because it's time for great moments in Senator Kennedy history. Yeah! This is when a Biden nominee uh, was busted for having personal attacks against a lot of the congressmen. And I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic. But the comments were personal. You call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. (laughs) (laughs) How about this one? Here's a little bit more from Senator Kennedy talking about Joe Biden's popularity. The American people may be poorer under President Biden, but they're not stupid. Uh, President Biden's approval rating ranks right up there with jock itch. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I did it again. <laughs> and Nigel, I think this is your favorite. It's very easy to tell a boy from a girl. A boy has a penis, a girl has a vagina. <laughs> there it is. Great moments <laughs> in Senator Kennedy history. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Okay, so Joe Biden's going to deliver a 9-11 address about 45 minutes from now from Alaska at a military base in Anchorage. He uh, He's on his way back to the White House after last weekend's G20 summit in India. How sad is it that I'm relieved he's actually not at ground zero for the anniversary of 9-11? I, I don't think it mattered one bit that he wasn't there today when they were reading off names. And you're right. Or in D.C. for that matter. Expectations are so low with this president I think everybody would be waiting for him to say something stupid, like comparing what happened on that day to his Corvette almost catching fire or something like that's where we're at with Joe Biden. But he will be making remarks 445. We're not going to bring it to you. 
if anything happens, we obviously will talk about it, but he will not be in New York, Washington, D.C., or in Shanksville, Pennsylvania for this. And sometimes it feels like Shanksville gets left out of the conversation a lot because we have seen with our own eyes those planes go into the towers, the planes crashing into the Pentagon. But the heroic efforts of the cast and crew of Flight 93, Todd Beamer, let's Let's roll, roll, bringing that thing down in a field in Pennsylvania, Man, that's a big deal because we don't know where that plane was heading. Could have been the Capitol, could have been the White House. And, man, one more thing here. And I know we said we're not going to talk 9-11 all day long, but I think this is important. If you're somebody that feels like the government had a hand in this, I'm not going to tell you how to think, but for one day, can you not be an overbearing pain in the ass Because thousands of people did die that day. Horrifically died. Horrifically. And since then, a lot more have died because of what happened that day. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But if you're a conspiracy theory guy, okay, I'm not going to tell you what to think. But for one day, can you just turn it off? Because maybe there's somebody out there that did lose a loved one and they're not in the mood for your crap. You mentioned uh, people are still dying as a result of 9-11, 22 years later, Hammer. More, I, I didn't know this, more police and firefighters have died from post-9-11 related illnesses than died on the day of the attacks, including seven deaths since last month. That I mean, just let that sink in for a second. And a lot of these first responders, they've kind of organized, and I think John Stewart has been kind of the spokesperson person for a lot of these guys, former host of The Daily Show. Uh, he wanted to get a lot of yeah. you know, things passed in Washington. Yeah, yeah. and th- so, so what's happening is you know, hundreds and hundreds have developed cancer, respiratory diseases as a direct result of the toxic fumes and the dust that hung around in the air in the World Trade Center on the days following. So that's what's happening still to this day. Um, people are dying as a result of all those to- toxic fumes. That's so crazy. Where are you at with this promotion. So DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay. They and I don't know if it's still up, but earlier today they were promoting a 9/11 parlay titled Never Forget, which it offered sports betters a chance to back all of the New York teams on this 22nd no. anniversary of the terror attacks. No, I'm not okay with that. If we're playing a round of are you okay with this, I am not okay in any way, shape, or form of DraftKings capitalizing 9-11 to, to, to parlay on New York teams, to bet on New York teams. That's basically what they this is? Right. Uh, no, are you? I mean, no. that's, that's insane. You know me, I'm the kind of guy that will bet on Russian table tennis if the mood strikes me right. I like a good old-fashioned bet, but this is kind of gross. DraftKings and their never-forget 9-11 parlay promotion offering bettors the chance to back all the New York teams on the 22nd anniversary of the terror attacks. Here's the update. The the parlay was taken down today. 
and uh, they issued a statement, quote, we sincerely apologize for the featured parlay that was shared briefly in commemoration of 9-11. We respect the significance of this day for our country and especially for the families of those who were directly affected. Somebody's getting fired at DraftKings. Some promotional guy or marketing guy, whoever came up with that genius plan, is is out of a job today and probably well-deserved. Taking a look at some other stories so New York having a big problem with immigration right now. But it's funny because they said they were a sanctuary city just a oh, couple yeah. years ago, Nige. Yep. When all those mean, nasty, surly Republican governors were saying, hey, this is a problem and we can't do it all by ourselves. New York City, virtue signaled to the world and said, we are a sanctuary city. We welcome everyone. Yeah, he, Mayor Adams tweeted about it. Tweeted those very words. Well, now that the border is wide open, those uh, <laughs> those illegal border crossers have taken New York yeah. up on it. And now New York's saying, well, hold on. Take a listen to this. This was interesting. Over the weekend, MSNBC actually asked Mayor Adams in a roundabout way if he was being a hypocrite. Critics on the right have noted that New York City is a sanctuary city, and this migrant crisis comes with that territory. What do you say to those who think uh, you relinquish your right to complain about the stresses it places on your city because of that? Well, I I think that those comments coming from those far-right Trump-like Republicans who are continue to try to distort the reality uh, that uh, we do not have real immigration reform, uh, that we should allow a true decompression strategy, uh, protect our borders in the right way, and make sure that when you look at this city, the status of uh, right to shelter, uh, no one who created this uh, decades ago uh, took into account that we were talking about uh, hundreds of thousands of people potentially coming to coming to the city. Yeah, nobody thought about the Democrat progressive president would open the borders wide open. You know, would would I mean just a free flow of illegal immigrants coming to the state. Nobody could imagine really that would have happened. And now that it's happening, I mean he Mayor Adams, you remember that clip last week was saying these people are ruining the city. Named countries. Uh, named, you know, Ecuador. Venezuela. Uh, Venezuela. I mean, he just started, he's like, they are ruining, well, he said they're ruining the city. I think I said country, but he said these people are ruining our city. Uh, welcome to the party. Right. How do you think these small border oh, towns please. along the Rio Grande feel that are nowhere near the size of New York City that has all these resources and yeah. space? And, and I guarantee... Adams and all these other Democrat mayors that are whining and complaining in Chicago and, and places like that and in New York City, they're, they're not blaming Joe Biden. I haven't heard them mention Joe Biden once. They're, they're, they're blaming uh, Governor Abbott. They're get, blaming DeSantis. That's who they're blaming. And when he says we need a decompression st- strategy, he's not sit, talking about closing the border. He wants work permits and ID cards for all these people so they can get right to work and maybe even possibly vote. Speaking of voting, Iowa, kind of the epicenter of Republican politics right now, as it's the first on the primary schedule. And over the weekend, a lot of the candidates were in Iowa going to the big football game because it was Iowa taking on Iowa State, the Hawkeyes against the Cyclones. Take a listen to this. This is the audio of Donald Trump, who was at the game walking to his seat.
That's a pretty loud response for a guy that's got multiple indictments on him right now. That's a pretty strong USA chant. Yeah, and the only photos anybody's ever sharing on on mainstream media is some guy flipping them off. Right, of course. But that crowd, to me, I don't know, one of those Krasenstein turds on Twitter said that he got booed. I went back and watched a lot of the videos. That was an overwhelming was, round of he was applause. Getting mobbed in a right. positive way. And he's tailgating too. He's like throwing the ball around with people and he's grilling out a little bit. Meanwhile, while Donald Trump's having fun at a football game, this was Joe Biden in front of the world. <laughs> but I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Pretty different yeah. styles there from the presidential front runners. Hammer and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. I think we know how this goes. Hammer hit me. Is this anything? A storm passing through Louisiana caused a Taco Bell sign to fall on top of somebody's car oh. and crushing the back seats up. Wow. Luckily, the woman inside was not seriously injured after becoming trapped in the car. Here is the superintendent of the parish talking about what happened. EMTs were on, on site pretty quick. The emergency personnel were here. The individual was taken out of the car very carefully, and uh, miraculously, oh she was not gosh. injured more than, than what her injuries were. And as you can tell, if you do some close-ups of where the sign actually fell, uh, no one else was injured because it's a pretty big sign, very high sign. And we're, we're just thankful that nobody got seriously injured. Okay. You've got to hold on. Let me. I'm going to tweet this out. I'm not going to post it, but it's not like a. He's right. That guy, whoever that was, it's not a small sign. This woman is lucky to be alive. Hammer. I, I mean, you've got to see. Go to at Hammer and Nigel right now and look at this car. Holy God Almighty! She was inches. Whoever, if anybody was riding in the back seat, if she had kids, they would have been smashed. Oh my goodness! Death. That's a big sign. That's a big sign. I, you know, yeah, this, I mean, that's certainly something, and she should probably, <laughs> man, just be thanking her lucky stars, thanking God that she wasn't, you know, off by a couple of inches that could have landed. I mean, look at that thing. That is a big honking sign wow. right there, which gives us an excuse for great moments in Taco Bell history. <laughs> okay. This was... When there was a fire at a Taco Bell, I believe in Alabama, and people took it so hard, <laughs> yeah. they had a candlelight vigil. We're just out here giving remembrance. I mean, I think it was the best Taco Bell in Montgomery. I can't, I can't eat here. I felt like I lost a family member. Well, I'm hoping we get closure tonight and we can move on to the next cause, but we're here supporting Taco Bell tonight, and that's what's important. I'm hurt. My feelings are hurt. I got to go all the way to Perry Hill to get some Taco Bell. It hurts my feelings. Now, that is is wonderful. A cause everybody can get behind. Black, white, whatever religion, I don't care. You are you are at the candlelight vigil for the burnt down Taco Bell. The candlelight vigil was such a big deal in Alabama. A local TV station covered it. Grieving in nacho average way. Some (laughs) didn't want to talk about it. Talk about the things you do for the ones you love. 
little play on words oh, from the wacky gosh. TV executives at the ABC affiliate in oh. Montgomery. <laughs> That's awful. Is this anything? A Ukrainian MMA fighter now living in Philly chased down and hung off the window of his vehicle after it was stolen oh, from him. Gosh. During the endeavor, the thieves fired two shots and luckily missed him. Here is the fighter and his friend explaining what happened. I see for people sit my car and go forward. I grab my door, say stop car, it's my car, say don't touch car, I kill you. He's been in this country for I think maybe a year now and he's been robbed twice. Damn, well, welcome to Philadelphia. Right. You may be safer in Ukraine right now than in uh, inner city Philadelphia. And this is something for sure, because I, I don't know. I mean, this guy probably had to fight for every dollar and cent that he has. And if you're taking away his transportation, his ability to get to and from making a living, then, yeah, you're going to you're going to go after it with everything you have. But he's lucky to be alive. Like, I get carjacked. I'm saying, bye. All right. Just make sure my kids aren't in the car. Take everything you want. I'm out of here. And this guy is, again, another story where he's lucky to be alive because it sounds like they fired, the carjackers fired a couple shots at him while he was hanging off the door. Imagine the things this guy has seen oh, in I his know. life. I know. You're an it's, MMA fighter. You grew up in Ukraine, and now you come to Philadelphia, and people are trying to shoot and rob you. Like, this guy has seen some things. things. Is this anything? A Las Vegas rapper was arrested after putting out a song about killing a man. Ken Juan McDaniel, a.k.a. the biggest Finn 4800, <laughs> rapped the lyrics, and I quote, okay. I be the reason why he's dead. We still taunt him when he die. Not the reason he's dead, so celebrate the reason why his mama cry. Oh. Parked the car, doubled back on feet, the smartest way to slide. Authorities <laughs> say the lyrics matched up with an area murder that took place. They gotta be the reason he dead. We still tiny when he died. Not the reason that he did. So celebrating why the mama cry. Park the car, double back on feet. The smartest way to slide. So wait, you're saying this this guy in Vegas was arrested. The police matched the description of what happened in that song to what really happened in, you know, he wrapped a confession. <laughs> these guys aren't exactly never claimed to be, you know, Albert Einstein today. These some of these rappers. This has happened before, I think. We've had other previous stories where local rappers rap about their crimes and then get arrested for it. The I, biggest Finn forty eight hundred. I love your dramatic white man reading of the lyrics. <laughs> Did you want me to try to rap it? How bad would that have sound? Do the mumble rap thing. You want to try it? Uh, uh, I'd be the reason why he's dead. We still taught him when he died. Uh, not the reason he's dead. So celebrate the reason why his mama cried. Uh, make him say, uh. What is the, uh? <laughs> Maybe we should have Allison do the same thing. Allison, Allison give us a... Uh, can, can you give us a, a, a dramatic reading of the... Uh, the, the rapper. I tried to go old school Master P with a little make him say, uh. Is that what it was? I'd be the reason why he's dead. We still taunt him when he died, not the reason he's dead. So celebrate the reason why his mama cried. Isn't this that is so awful? Sad. That is awful that he's taunting the, 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 the murdered mom? The murdered guy's mom? You're not escaping without your version either, Notch. 
I'll be the reason why he's dead. We still taught him when he died, not the reason why he's dead. So celebrate the reason why mama cried. Park the car, double back on the feet. Smartest way to do That's a beatbox. I should have had the beatbox. Allison's beatbox right there. The cats and boots beatbox. I was going for the mumble rap version of that. Uh, I thought you were going for Matthew McConaughey because it sounded a little a little southern like country. Southern? Well, I don't know. I'm not very good. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Hammer and Nigel Show. You see all those um, HIV activists wanting some funding or something. They took over McCarthy's office uh, there at the Capitol building. Uh, the, uh, the the Speaker of the House, like they walked in his office and started like chanting. It seemed pretty January sixth, six ish to me. Hammer. No, wait you a minute. You're telling me they occupied his office? Yeah. That's an insurrection, right? Like, our democracy almost tumbled, right? I mean, they were inside the the, the Capitol building. Not not only that, but inside his office. And they were all, of course, arrested. Capitol Police hauled them off. You think they're getting 20 years in jail, like some of the people on January 6th? Uh, Let me look at my graph. Somewhere in the intersection between hell and no, that's exactly what's going to (laughs) be the case with these folks in McCarthy's office. They sent that dude from the Proud Boys to prison for better part of his life he wasn't even at january 6th <laughs> i mean like isn't that gross guys, though like listen if you broke into the Capitol and you did something stupid it's hard to make a case for feeling sorry for you but yeah. these people going in there occupying the speaker of the house's office like they're not supposed to be there they're occupying it they're not going to get the same sentence as others who were not even at the Capitol. that sucks well, I mean, it's a reality we're living in. I mean, up is down, down is up. It's 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 a bizarro world. You know, for God's sake, there were people bailing out 2020 rioters in in Minnesota and in other places. There were charities set up so these people that were sent to prison or sent to jail for violent acts could get out. Kamala was a big part of that. She was There's promoting the Freedom yes. Fund. Kamala, Justin Timberlake, Steve Carell, just some of the few that were all about bailing out rioters in Minnesota, which, by the way, do a little background check on how many of those folks got rearrested for very violent offenses. We're not talking about stealing a candy bar from the gas station. We're talking about violent offenses. They got put back out in the street because of the sitting vice president and her friends. Um. Top Biden spokesman John Kirby, he was doing the Sunday talk shows yesterday. 
And remember when Joe Biden tried to fool everybody that the gas prices weren't really that bad because he dipped into the National Reserve and left it at like a dangerous level to the point where if a 9-11 style of attack were to happen now, our National Reserve is pretty depleted. It's a 40-year low. Yeah. Well, John Kirby... Top Biden spokesman says he might do it again. Well, he'll have opportunities throughout the the discussions here at the G20 to talk about a spate of economic uh, developments around the world. He's focused on making sure that the prices continue to come down for the American consumer. That's why he has taken steps to shore up global supply, uh, even if that means coming into the strategic reserve. You dummies. (laughs) <laughs> I honestly like the the news was way under the radar. He canceled like seven more oil leases uh, in Alaska. Uh, he's doing his damnedest to make us energy dependent on countries like Saudi Arabia, countries like uh, uh, Russia, who are both kind of working together now to squeeze us even more. They've turned off the spigot, so to speak. Uh, OPEC has. And God, it's just it's it's crazy to think they're dipping into the reserves again. That's what they're the, to save us. What a quarter gas prices. I just heard it on the news. I heard Harrison Silcox mention gas prices are back up after a week of being down a little bit, but back up or back down compared to what pre uh, Joe Biden presidency. Right. Like comparing things year to year doesn't do anybody no, any justice just, because he was there a year ago. Just like the homicide rate right. here in the city. The same crap that Hogsett pulls. Well, homicides are hey. down compared to last year. Oh, great. You know, a top three year we had, the record year of a couple years ago, you were in charge of all of it. Having a top five doesn't mean you get to do a victory lap and having gas prices down year to year when you basically are the one responsible for these things being up. And I don't want to hear from gas guy. The president doesn't have any sort of influence on gas prices. No, really. All right. If that's the case, then why does Joe Biden do a victory lap when the prices go down just a little bit, but he doesn't say a damn word when they go up? And instead of... You know, letting us be oil dependent, he relies on other countries for the sake of being woke. So save that ridiculous argument. Uh, Nige, we have a hypocrisy alert. Oh, sound the alarm. A hypocrisy alert. Stacey Davis Gates, president of the Chicago Teachers Union, labeled private schools a, quote, segregation academy back in 2018. Last month, she called those who supported private schools fascist. Earlier this month, she enrolled her son in a private school. (laughs) I can only laugh. That's right. These people are complete and utter hypocrites. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at some of the tweets. What's your name? Stacy Davis Davis Gates. Gates. The the head of the Chicago Teachers Union. Quote, segregation academies. Call them private schools supported by taxpayer funds. Vouchers so you northern cousins understand better. Uh, The racist origins of private school vouchers. Uh, And for her to turn around and then enroll her son in a private school hammer. It just shows you complete lack of awareness. She said, quote, well, look... Uh, for my husband and me, it forced us to send our son after years of attending pri- public school to a private school so he could live out his dream of playing soccer while also having a curriculum that met his needs. Hold on, there's something in my throat. Bullcrap! <laughs> Excuse me. I had to get that out. My apologies. Dude, this is, I, I mean, 
she was forced to send her son to private school. How about all the other families and kids stuck in those failing government schools, Hammer? Should, shouldn't they have the same opportunity as to escape? And she, at the same one breath, saying it's fascists and racist, <laughs> and the other, the, the complete, she turns around and enrolls her son in private school. These are the people we're dealing with. The fascist academy she enrolled her son in. Okay. I Thanks. mean, parents, there is. It doesn't matter what color you are in Chicago. Don't they have the same problems of raising their kid in an inner city? Wouldn't they love to have the chance to send their son or daughter to a private school so they could play soccer? <laughs> oh, these people, I can't wait to... We're going to have to ask Tony Kennett about this uh, later this week. I would love to hear him go off on this idiot. By the way, Joe Biden's speech in Alaska is already done. It was Ooh, that was a quickie. Less than ten minutes. It was a nine eleven, right? Nine eleven speech. Right, nine eleven at a uh, base in Alaska. Less than ten minutes. Talked about how somebody looks big and could probably help him in high school basketball. So Made a few worthy. statements and now he's off the stage. You said it best though earlier, Nige. It's probably for the greater good. When he speaks, he makes an embarrassing ass of himself. And the audio that we've got for you coming up a little bit after five o'clock, it's so bad. Like even by Joe Biden's standards, his trip to Vietnam was just so unbelievably bad. So real quick before we hit a break here again, 9-11. It's one of those days in the American calendar. Everybody wants to remember and think about where they were, what was going on. Here's a little montage that some of our staff members put together. Stuff is falling from the building right now. I can see through my high-powered binoculars a diagonal flash across the building. The right-hand side, about five stories above this gaping pin, 15-story, wide-open hole in the side of the building. Today, we've had an actual tragedy. Gargantuan explosion. Oh, my God, I don't believe it. Looking at it, it's beside the northeast corner of the in the most incredible explosion. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. Flames are flying out of the building. They're five, ten stories high now. Black billowing smoke. The building corner, the whole entire corner is gone. Terrorism against our nation will not stand. The thing that, that gets me is that these, these poor firemen that went in there when uh, the first on the scene, they rushed into these buildings to try and bring out the uh, the injured, and uh, the, the towers collapsed on on uh, on all of these men. There are a large number of firefighters and police officers who are uh, in harm's way, and we don't know how, how many we've lost. I was sitting in the Pentagon when the uh, attack happened. I was on the opposite side of the building. It shook the entire building. It was very clear that something terrible had happened. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward, and freedom will be defended. Hammer and I were actually just watching this um, trailer for this documentary about Nickelback. I think it premieres tonight at the Toronto Film Festival or something. Um, and, and, you know, I've made no secret my love of Nickelback. 
great song. I mean, how do you remind me? Literally, that was probably one of the first songs I ever played working at X103. Huge. I mean, they were on the radio every five minutes for a little stretch uh, there in me, the 2000s. Let me just play a little bit of this uh, Nickelback documentary. They were here a couple of weeks ago, I believe. They just uh, they were just in India. Radio airplay the Nickelback. How You Remind Me has been considered one of America's most played songs ever. Oh, yeah. All of that exposure triggered a reaction. Why does everybody hate Nickelback? Nickelback, <laughs> Nickelhack, Nickelbomb, Nickel Creed. Nobody picks up the guitar. <laughs> Nickel Creed. They were part of cancel culture before we had a name for it. It's kind of just like a long-running meme. They became... Oh, wow, the so it's kind of like a... A thing about how people hate Nickelback. I'm dying to see this documentary. It looks great. I, I love rock and roll documentaries. How did we I, get to the point to where Nickelback well, became the punchline of like every joke? It, it just they touched on it in that trailer. I mean, overexposure. Was that all, all that it guys, was? I mean, because like mean, overexposure you know, doesn't seem to bother Taylor Swift. Well, that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they just their audience aged out. Does that make sense? Perhaps. I don't know. But I mean, Nickelback, I don't know how many people were at that Nickelback concert a few weeks ago, but I still think, I mean, they're still playing gigantic venues. And the last time I saw them was probably 10 years ago when it was like Verizon Wireless or whatever the venue out in Noblesville is called. It's, it's Ruoff now. But I mean, there were tons of hot chicks. I mean, it's just a play. It was sold out. And that was 10 years ago. And you're right. It's but, big venues. With all due respect to the Murat, which is a great place to watch a show, it's a smaller oh, yeah. crowd. Nickelback's not doing that. They're still playing. In Deer Creek, they're still playing major stadiums. It's just odd that that band became the laughing stock, like the punchline of every joke there for a little while. Well, I mean, I think the last laugh is on us because they're multimillionaires and still sell out <laughs> stadiums. <laughs> You're right. And I love a good rock doc, man. I'll have to check that out. That is called Hate to Love Nickelback. And that trailer just came out like a day or two ago. So cool. So here's what we're going to do. In honor of this documentary, where they say it kind of sucks that everybody makes fun of them, <laughs> we're going to do a series of CSI jokes. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so this is in tribute to the old CSI open of the show, yeah. where Caruso would say something witty, and then you'd hear the music kick in. This is a special Nickelback jokes edition. Are we ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> I had some Nickelback tickets on the passenger seat of my car. And I popped into the store for about five minutes. When I came back, someone smashed my window, broke into my car, and left two more tickets. <laughs> Doing some CSI Nickelback Come jokes. On. What does a brewery and a Nickelback concert have in common? They are both responsible for a lot of Booze. All right, we got time for one more here. I guess these all hurt pretty bad. <laughs> what is the worst stage of grief? I don't know, but if it's probably the worst stage, that's where you're going to find Nickelback. <laughs> Some, uh, oh, 
I tell you who else is probably fans of bands that are pissed right now are Pearl Jam. Oh, that's right. They canceled the show. Uh, we uh, we had a, fa- a friend of the show, Dylan Gandy. His, his he had a people in town, um, and like like flew in. Our friends again, like the, the people like flew in from like North Carolina. They had people at their house. They were lined up. The, one of their friends had gone to Ruoff early to, to stand in line for merch, and they said there was already like thousands of people there. And I don't know what happened. I don't know who got ill. It must have been pretty serious if, if Pearl Jam. I mean, it had to have been Eddie Vedder, right? I'm just speculating. Right. But what a huge, huge mess it created. I went to the official Pearl Jam Twitter, and I noticed they've got the Ukrainian flag up there. Yeah, wouldn't it be hilarious if they said, we are no longer performing in Indiana because of their abortion policy? <laughs> <laughs> Some political excuse. <laughs> like a woke Pearl Jam all of a sudden. They don't support Ukraine enough. Oh, wow. But yeah, they, my buddies, they just had, they had the kids watching. Watched for the night. They had rides lined up. They had the whole tailgate ready. Oh, no. And uh, boomed, canceled the snap of a finger. The band canceled. Have you ever seen Pearl Jam live? No, no. I'd love to, though. I'd, I'd really love to. I don't care about their politics as long as they shut the F up about it during the show, which I, I do believe they do. Have you ever been to a um, show where they've talked politics? No, because I have. Oh, oh, you have? No, I haven't. I've I was been. working. I was doing promotions for ZPL, I think, and this is back in the 90s. Counting Crows came to town. And this was, um, I think, when wow. John Kerry was running for the presidency. So late 90s, early 2000s. And the lead singer, Adam Duritz, stops the show, lectures everybody on why they should vote for John Kerry, <laughs> starts getting booed, and then calls us Cleveland. <laughs> he was, from what I understand, like you said, very high that night, right? He was High as a kite. <laughs> okay. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's Joe Biden uh, embarrassing himself on the world stage, Hammer. And I, I, we were talking off the air about this. This is low even by Biden standards. Right. right. This is, this is, he, I don't even know what he was doing in Vietnam, trying to improve relations between the two, whatever. It was an abject disaster. If you think Joe Biden's cognitive ability is at the bottom of the barrel, this trip to Vietnam proved if you lift up and look underneath the barrel, you could find a whole new level of embarrassment. I mean, this was humiliating. Uh, the rest of the world saw this, and they're either laughing at us yes. 
or worse, maybe they're planning plotting yeah. to get at us in the next year or so before the next presidential election. I mean, think about this. If you're somebody that's not a big fan of the United States, you're looking at what we're doing right now. We're passing out free money to Ukraine. We're being soft to China. You've got a compromised president. Why wouldn't you try something Absolutely. shady against the U.S. right now? So uh, Where do we start? Let's yeah. start with something we've seen before from Joe Biden. He's not capable of handling questions being yelled at him, so he has to get out a pre-approved list. And then he says he's following orders. <laughs> now I will take your questions. Let me see. They told me they gave me five people here. Who's they? And uh, let's see. I'm just following my orders here. Oh. Whose uh, orders? Whose orders? You're the commander in chief. <laughs> you're the boss. Could you imagine I, somebody I, telling I, Donald Trump, "These are the people you're going to call upon"? No, upon? no. Or it, even it, Barack Obama or Bill Clinton. No, this guy is so feeble and weak, he has to follow orders and have a pre-approved list of questions. So that's just getting the party started here. How about this plan? of a multi-billion dollar railroad across <laughs> Africa. For example, you know, one of the things we're doing in terms of, uh, I, I proposed a long time ago at the G7, now it's just going to come to fruition in the G20, is making sure that we build a railroad all the way across the African continent. Sure. Yeah, why not? Why the hell not? Well, I mean, AOC, she, I mean, maybe he stole the idea from AOC. She wanted to build a railroad across the Atlantic. That's right. The whole ocean. <laughs> All the way, laying railroad line across the Atlantic. Why, and, why are we worried about railroads in Africa? Well, that's a good question, Nudge. <laughs> I would like to ask Joe Biden that question, but I'm not one of the five people that's been pre-approved that he has to call upon. Um, this was a just nonsensical story about John Wayne. <laughs> my, my brother loves having those famous lines from movies that he always quotes. You know, and one, one of them is there's, there's a movie about John Wayne, he's an Indian scout, <laughs> and they're trying to get the, I think it was a patch of one of the great tribes of America back on the reservation. I can't, he's I can't deal with this. So he's, they're all on their, and they're on their horses and their saddles, and there's uh -huh. three or four Indians in headdresses. This is a great story. And Union soldiers. And Union soldiers basically saying, Indians, come with me, we'll take care of you, we'll be everything be good. And the God. Indian scout, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union soldier says, he's a lion dog-faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of lion dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming. Huh? What in the hell was that? <laughs> we got a lion, dog-faced pony Dude. soldier. We got a couple of us. Rob Kendall described it best when he was talking about the, there was a character on Crank Anchors with Adam Carolla <laughs> and Jimmy Kimmel where, where one of the crank calls was like just a doddering old fool, old man that would call people up and start rambling <laughs> just to see how long they could take the other the other end of the, the person on the other end of the line would stay on the phone. Right. That's Joe Biden. That's it. That's exactly what it was. rambling old man. Everybody's just kind of looking around like, what the F is he talking about? So as bad as those three sound bites were. Uh, those were bad. This is all part of the same speech, mind you. <laughs>
My favorite, my absolute favorite, the chef's kiss, the cherry on top of the sundae, is when he said he had to go to bed and sit there and gave a blank stare with his <laughs> mouth open. He may have a game plan. He just hasn't shared it with me. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. He's just staring. <laughs> Being a goon. Now, look, uh, in his defense, Vietnam, uh, the, the time change is brutal. Uh, it's like like 18 hours or something like that. But to tell the world on you know on the world stage, I'm tired, I'm going to bed, it's, it's a bad look for the president, would you say? It was so bad, Nige, yeah. that Corinne Jean-Pierre had to actually cut him off while he was trying to answer a question to end this thing. It wasn't confrontational at all. Thank, thank you, everybody. This ends the count press conference. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. And the music plays them off. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen that before in the history of politics. The, the White House press secretary interrupting the president of the United States as he's answering a question. How saying, do you th- Again, not to keep going back to this, but how do you think Donald Trump would respond if Kayleigh McEnany said, hey, that's enough? Oh, wow. <laughs> it might get physical. <laughs> like, even NBC is at the point to where they have to call this out. For the Democrats, the issue, of course, is Biden's age. In a CNN poll this week, nearly 7 in 10 Democrats said the party should nominate, quote, a different candidate than Joe Biden. And it was the biggest concern among 49% of all Democrats. The biggest concern was Biden's age. Overall, just 28% of Americans say Biden inspires confidence. 28% <laughs> inspires confidence. 28%. Who are these 28%? Did you not just hear or see any of the clips we got done playing? I know one of them. <sighs> It's Gavin Newsom, because Gavin did an interview where he said the last two and a half years has been a master class. I'm very inspired by the master class in the last two and a half years. And I mean it. I mean, master class in terms of delivering results. And the results are demonstrable. The question you're asking is the challenging one is how do we mind the gap between performance, the substance and the results and that perception? A master class. Gavin Newsom says the last two and a half years under Joe Biden has been a master class. But I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But I'm going to go to bed. The rest of the world saw that. They saw the leader of the free world shuffle up there, stare with his mouth open and say, But I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) Unbelievable. Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the 93 WIBC hotline. Nobody covers the Colts better than Kevin Bowen from 107.5 The Fan, part of the wake-up call with KB and Andy. So, KB, let's ask the million-dollar question. What did you think of the fourth pick in the NFL draft, Anthony Richardson? Yeah, I thought it was a nice debut. I mean, there's certainly a ton of context with Richardson. I I don't know if people fully understand just how unique this situation is for a guy to have as lack of an experience uh, situation as he did in college to be entering the NFL at such a young age. Um, I thought there were moments in the first half where I'm like, oh, my God, is this going to be a debut 
to remember and, and a very like methodical passing in the game. I didn't think there were any moments like too too big for him early on. I mean, not like pre snap penalties or you know disastrous turnovers. But I did find it interesting that you know as soon as they tied the game early third quarter and then eventually Jacksonville or actually the Colts took the lead thanks to the defensive touchdown. It was almost like, oh, my gosh, like, are we expected to win this game? Has this turned from, like, feel-good debut story to, oh, wow, the Colts could really win this game and finally get that season-opening victory. And I felt like that's when things turned for Richardson. And he looked like a 21-year-old quarterback. But having said that, I just think there's a ton of lack of support around him. He's having to do way way too much heavy lifting for this offense right now. And that is disappointing to see. Well, I had fun watching the game. Like I, I was, I was, um, you know, I liked watching Anthony Richardson. I liked, I was screaming at him to run an awful lot. Um, I think the fans enjoy. I mean, it was a heartbreaking loss. I was Still, screaming I at him to slide yeah, an yeah, awful slide, lot. Slide, slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that harkens back to Andrew Luck days. Right, oh my gosh, right. forgot about that. Um, like overall, just what did you think of the game? I mean, what what, what grade? I know this is kind of a generic question. What kind, what kind of grade would you give the Colts uh, as a whole yesterday? Yeah, I mean, Nigel, we're obviously grading on a curve for all the reasons that I just mentioned. But, you know, how do you not walk away from yesterday, and I think you just said it, and feel infinitely more encouraged than you did after last year's season opener, (laughs) a tie in Houston, or hell, the last time we saw the Colts when, you know, Parks Frazier was calling the plays, and, and, you know, it was the the, the corpse of Matt Ryan and the corpse of Nick Foles (laughs) playing quarterback for you. So, certainly, I think you have to feel better. I mean, you're going to hand out a grade as much as a solid B you could give after a loss. I think it's fair. At the same time, I think naturally there are some Colts fans that are bummed because you were leading with midway through the fourth quarter. Or you know, at a four-point lead, your defense was playing great. And really, not to get too technical, but I thought everything turned on that big punt return where the Colts just kind of lost lost track of what was going on there for a, for a split second. And boom, Jacksonville gets a 50-yard return, and that was the jolt that they needed there. Uh, but yes, it is a more entertaining product. I think you're finally approaching things from a modern standpoint and I think you have to be encouraged moving forward about the direction you're going at the most important position in sports. Alright, so now that we've all sang Kumbaya and we talked about how positive of an experience <laughs> this is, let me be Debbie Downer here for a second, KB. What was more disappointing? The run game, which I believe was like averaging one yard per carry, the offensive line play, or the lack of even trying to throw the ball down the field? Boy, I could slice up that pie pretty evenly. I mean, I was disappointed in that you didn't take any more deep shots down the field, or really any deep shots, period, because that's where Richardson's strength is as a passer. It is the shots down the field, and you need that because – Albeit he was, you know, decently efficient yesterday. That's not really his game. His game is not this methodical, consistent passer. He's supposed to sprinkle in the home runs to offset a few of the strikeouts. Um, as far as the run game is concerned, I mean, I tweeted it out during the middle of the third quarter. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor's agent had to be watching that game, you know, naked, looking at the, <laughs> of the run game and picturing all of the leverage that he could be creating. Um, I don't say this lightly, guys, and I think you guys know that. I don't speak in hyperbole just to do it. Yesterday was arguably the worst game I've seen in a Colts uniform out of running back Deion Jackson. Um, He had 13 carries for 14 yards. That is 1.1 yard per carry in the 40-year history of the Indianapolis Colts. It's the second worst rushing output in 
in the Colt franchise history. On top of that, he had two fumbles and a critical drop in the second half when you were at midfield and had a chance to potentially add to the score. So um, if that's the message the Colts are sending, as here's our starting running back, Deion Jackson. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor's agent has to be foaming at the mouth. So let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. He's on the pup list, can't do anything until week four. But the Ravens lost their starting running back yesterday. So if the Ravens were to call, you probably know better than anybody, KB. Would Jim Ursay be in a hurry to help the city of Baltimore in any way if a trade <laughs> oh, presented geez. itself? Gosh, that is a great question. I mean, there have been some Colt, you know, Raven uh, interactions here over the, I don't know, that past 10 or 15 years. I like to think that 40 years has passed, um, but I, I'm sure there are some Baltimore Raven season ticket holders that would have a gripe or two on that. I, I know this sounds bad, guys, but, I mean, if you're a Colts fan and – or. I guess even if you if you are of the thinking the Colts and Jonathan Taylor do not have a future together, you need to cheer for running back injuries. I know that sounds really bad, but a J.K. Dobbins injury like you just brought up, Hammer, that's a big deal to a team in Baltimore that has kind of always had a revolving door of running backs with Lamar Jackson. Do they view Taylor as a guy that could get them over the hump? They don't have an abundance of draft picks. They aren't in a great cap situation, but they've always been a franchise that I think has you know, kind of pushed their chips into the middle of, middle of the table a little bit more than not. I am curious yesterday, what does that do? I mean, maybe Zach Moss comes back this week. Uh, he wasn't fully clear from that broken arm just yet. Do the Colts go out and make a veteran running back room? Taylor's not coming back for at least three more games. So, you know, is, is this the song and dance that you're going to play? Evan Hall, the rookie out of Northwestern who got in briefly, uh, he injured his knee. So something I feel like has got to happen at running back, even non-Taylor affiliated here this week or very soon or else – you know, this is the operation that, that, that you're going to have through the first four weeks of the season. Kevin Bowen, 107.5 The Fan here, uh, talking about the Colts' loss yesterday to Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, saw some highlights, did see some lowlights, questionable play calling at the end of the game. What did you think of what, what you saw at the end of the game there? Should they have gone for a uh, field goal and then did an onside kick instead of just running the clock out and trying to score? What, what did you think about the play calling yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I will raise my hand. I didn't have the Colts plus seven and a half on the betting line, so I didn't really care too, too much about the end of the game. I know some people were clamoring for a field goal there to make the score from 10 to 7. What are you trying to say, point? KB? You calling me out? Is that what's happening here? You passive-aggressive son of a... <laughs> yeah, that was that was the most passive-aggressive thing that I've ever said. <laughs> At some point, you need two scores, and I think yeah. things I can thinking there is we are decently close to a touchdown they were moving the ball pretty easily against jacksonville it was like okay we kind of got them on our uh, on their heels let's score the touchdown and then kick the 55 yard field goal versus kick the 35 yard field goal and then have to still get a touchdown after that it, it, i mean i can listen to the debate on both sides certainly when richardson continues to take the hits that he did that obviously offers some hindsight 2020 and i do think bigger picture guys that is something we're just gonna have to watch all year with him. I mean, he got injured on his first ever NFL run. He got hurt on that 11-yard game early in the first quarter, um, suffered a, a, a bone bruise on his left knee, played through it. Um, sounded like there might have been an aggravation there late in the game. So I think that'll be something to watch. And just that gray area, does he run? How much does he run? Does he slide to the point you guys brought up earlier? That's something that we're going to have to deal with with this kind of new age at, at, at quarterback. Got about 30 seconds left here, KB. Um, the Colts had a new coach this year. Uh, 
Steichen. Now, all the attention's been on, you know, the new quarterback, the Jonathan Taylor situation. But what do you think about the new coach? What did you see yesterday? Yeah, a few things I didn't love. Again, I didn't love the lack of dialing up deep shots for Richardson. I don't know if the injury played into this, but I thought they got away from running him a little bit more once, again, they tied the game up in the third quarter there and he and eventually took the lead. You had a really big lull for the offense. They were terrible on third down and fourth down. I put some of that on, on the play caller as well. So those are areas that you want certainly um, him to be better at. I did think just modern-wise there's a lot of things offensively that just is super unique, and, and I think the Colts have to tap into that, but I don't think it's too shocking to see in the NFL yesterday the five new head coaches, all five of them lost, so probably a little bit to be expected. The wake-up call with KB and Andy, 7-10 to 10 on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Kevin Bowen, we appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. My name is Nigel. That's Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the 93 WIBC hotline. She is one half of the chicks on the right. Daisy joins us. And Daisy, Joe Biden's speech in <laughs> Vietnam, oh even by Joe Biden's standards, <laughs> which is pretty low, was one of the most embarrassing things that I have seen in a long time. Hell, at one point, Daisy, he says he wants to go to bed. So, I'm curious as to your thoughts. Am I just overreacting here, or have we reached rock bottom? I think you're totally overreacting, Jason. I've decided decided that I'm going to run for president in 2056. I'm announcing it today on your show. I'm going to be, in 2056, I'm going to be 85 years old. I'm going to be in my my slacks and comfortable shoes era, my eating my eating at cafeterias, eating at cafeterias at 3 p.m. era, and I'm going to be blind by that point because I'm already going blind. I mean, I barely can see now. I'm going to have like <laughs> severe osteoporosis. Everything's going to be breaking. But listen. It's like that's the prime time to run for president is at 85, right? This is what we've learned. Like, it's like nobody, it's everybody, no one's going to, like, resist. I mean, it's just people are going to say, because Nancy Pelosi's running again for, we just yep. learned that she's going to be running again for her. I mean, it's like no one, bastardizes. This is, people are, if the older you get, the more qualified you are, because this is what Joe Biden says to us. He says, 
I'm wise, right? I mean, like when you get older, you become wiser. This is what he says. This is what they're spinning. They're spinning it as he's wiser now. So I've decided I'm going to run for president in 2056. Well, I won't be alive then, but I'll I'll vote for you uh, posthumously. I think you should stay alive just so you can be my campaign manager. I expect you to like. Register as a Democrat, Nige. Your vote will still count. Um, But Daisy, like, there are two different things going on here. Yes, Joe Biden is old and decrepit and should not be anywhere near uh, the Oval Office or the national stage. But at the same time, as a country, we have to move on. And the rest of the world saw that. Everybody watched Joe Biden go up there and say, I have to call on these certain reporters or I will get yelled at. And then he says he wants to go to bed. And then they cut off his (laughs) press conference when he's still trying to talk to one of the pre-approved questions. The rest of the world sees this. We're in trouble because if yeah, we're in trouble. any yeah, one of these are. world leaders, they realize, well, we got about a year until the next presidential election. If we want to get over on the U.S., man, buckle up because this next year is going to be interesting. Oh my God, it's awful. Listen, I mean, it, we all, I, at least a lot of us who can think critically know that he's not the one running the country anyway, right? There's like somebody behind the scenes pulling the strings. There are like a bunch of people, a gaggle of people who are, are pulling the strings. And so I think that's proof because he's like, I'm taking orders from somebody who's telling me this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's proof right there that somebody else is pulling the strings or like a group of people are. And then on top of that, yeah, you're right. Like the rest, the rest of the world is looking at this guy and they're like, he's weak. So we all look weak. And I don't know how Democrats defend this. I really just, I mean, I don't. You even have, like, Shank Uger, the Young Turks dude. He's oh, even, yeah. like, making comments over the weekend. He was like, this is just, I mean, it's embarrassing. It's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But he was talking about how this is just embarrassing and they, we cannot run this guy again. So even they're recognizing that, like, this is a joke. They're going to have to put somebody else in his spot. They cannot run. He cannot do this for four more years. He can't do it now. Let alone for four more years. I mean, I don't. How old is he going to be? He's going to be what? Like 86, 87 yeah. by the time. He's, it's and it's like it's not at this at this point. It's like listen. Even there, I'm sure that there are 80 year olds who are cognitively better off than he is. Uh, my grandma's I, 89, and she sure as hell is. Right, and I'm so I'm sure there are, but like, do you, do you really want to be running? The, you want to be in charge of the free world. I mean, you really want to be the guy running or the woman running the the United States of America. You want to be that person at at eighty something years old. I mean, do you guys want to do that? I don't want to do no. that at my age. I mean, we talked about this last week because we had a story that the Rolling Stones are putting out new music. Mick Jagger is eighty right yeah. now. He's eighty. He looks like a million damn dollars. He's up yeah, there he dancing. Does. He's cognitive. He can do interviews. He can entertain right. people. Joe right. Biden told the world at a meeting he <laughs> wants to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, and I think and remember he walked out of that that uh, he walked out of some it was like the Medal of Honor recipient. Yeah, for the week. Vietnam and the helicopter pilot. Uh-huh. It just yeah, like put them, uh, that was so embarrassing and so cringeworthy so and disrespectful. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he crapped his pants. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. <laughs> you know, the Let's funny thing we, we always talk about on the show is that when Democrats do criticize Joe Biden, it's not for his policies. It's not for the southern border. It's not for the economy. It's not for foreign policy. It's like it's his age. It's always his age. And I do find that fascinating that, that they want this guy out of there, but they always blame the age. Hell, even CNN reported on how KJP interrupted Joe Biden during that press conference in 
Vietnam and just I've never seen anything like that before. There's yeah. a whole litany. There's a whole list of things. Joe Biden's age is probably eighth on that list uh, with problems with his president. Yeah, that's a great point because he's running the country into the ground, yeah. and then he and then he signed that. What was it? The, he, or he put on on Twitter last week something about you know shutting down the Alaskan pipeline stuff. Like our gas prices are about to skyrocket again. Yeah. Let, I mean, that's just that's yeah, also seven again, seven different leases. I believe he shut down. Yeah, yeah, and so people. I mean, that's in the background. So you see all this fumbling and bumbling that he's doing on the world stage, and people are kind of distracted when they see that. They see how old he is and how embarrassing he is, and what it just. A disgrace he is from a just a public display standpoint and then you look at everything that he's doing just to destroy this country when it comes to just economic policy and then national security policy every all the policies are just suck immigration that are coming yeah. out of this right and on the yeah. subject of immigra- immigration daisy now because you live in texas so i'm fascinated yeah. to hear your perspective on this you've got New York City, Sanctuary City, their mayor, Eric Adams, all of a sudden is complaining that there's too many folks coming to his Sanctuary City. You live in Texas, Daisy, so I'm curious as to your thoughts and what you're hearing from New York politicians. I I have to keep it clean, right? I have to keep my (laughs) thoughts clean because we're on radio and I'm not on a podcast. Okay, so my thoughts are, welcome to the party, pal. Like, like can you even believe this guy? I, I just I, I want to say all the words and I'm, and I'm not the only one here in Texas. I, mean, I just can't believe what a hypocrite this guy is, where he was saying all these years and calling people like me, you know, racist and xenophobic for wanting people to follow the laws of the land to come over here legally. And when they come over illegally, he was saying things like, oh, come on in. You know, we'll welcome you. We're a sanctuary city. Come on in. It's like and I don't know why people like DeSantis and people, you know, who want want these folks to follow the laws are just so awful. We're terrible people. This is what he said about people like me who wanted people to follow the law, the rule of law. And now, man, he's changed his tune. And why is that? Because migrants are in his backyard. And now he's he's changed his tune, changed his tune completely because it is affecting him. And that's what these yahoos do. When a migrant is right there in front of his face and in his backyard and in his home, he doesn't want them. And that's what these people do. That's what these liberals do. And you know what? He is a giant hypocrite. And when he's faced with that, when he's faced with that label of hypocrisy, he'll say, oh, no, 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 I'm not a hypocrite at all. I'm not. But he is. He's the very definition of hypocrite. And not only that, but his excuse is, you know, New York City, we don't have enough room for these. It's like 100,000. Like, what does he think, with with all the money and the infrastructure and the space in in New York, and he's saying he can't handle 100,000 extra people, what does he think is going on in these border towns for years and years under a Biden presidency with people flowing over the border? Exactly. I mean, towns have been ruined, overtaken. I mean, this is what, and the thing is, people like, you know, Governor Abbott, people have been talking about this, like you said, for years. We've been saying, you know, these towns are overrun, these cities are overrun, and look at the influx of people that have come into our, just to our state alone. And he's just like, oh my gosh, they're xenophobes, they're racist. He's called us all the names and said all the things, and he talked about how horrible we are for not allowing that. And I mean, it's just, it's unreal. But there again, I mean, I think this goes for a lot of policies that liberals put in place that they 
they will say that other people are terrible for not wanting those policies until those policies affect them. And that goes for immigration. It goes for crime. It goes for all these things. It's kind of like the people who say defund the police. But then when yeah. those people are affected by violent crime, they're like, well, wait a second. I don't understand why I got mugged. Well, you got mugged because you wanted you defunded the police, you moron. And then when, <laughs> when crime affects them, then all of a sudden they're like, well, where are the police? I don't understand what they're you know, thumbs up their butts. Daisy from the Chicks on the Right with us. Uh, last thing before we let you go here. Uh, some places, return of the mask. Mask mandates coming back to some places, including some schools. I'm curious as to your thoughts. I'm so, well, I mean, I didn't really mask the first time, so I'm I'm going to be one of those do not comply people. Um, I just it's it's so funny how they're trying to spin this, and they're and they're already parading Fauci on TV again. I yeah. cannot believe this guy. Are is people buying asked. his act though this time around? Are there people that bought his act the first time buying it again? Is there anybody that's got buyer's remorse, or has the Church of Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, been established and? He can do no wrong. I think there are still some people that still love him. They still pray at the altar of Fauci. I think there are still a few. You, you still have your. Don't you all still see some of those people that are in their cars with masks? I mean, there's still a select few that are still doing that. And if you get on Twitter, you can still see that there are people who are, you know, I haven't left my house in three years. There's still some of that. Daisy, there, there is a house down in Zionsville Village with a sign outside of it that said, thank you, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> I, I walked oh past God. it a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't believe it. Not, I mean, they, they walk amongst us. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Oh yeah. I mean, they're you know, they walk amongst us, but they still have their their N95s on. That's for sure. But they're, I mean, they, so they're still out there, and they still believe in all this stuff. And so, but I do think that if if they start doing the lockdowns, because you know, it's all the timing's very interesting. Of course, we're coming up on an election, and so I do find it interesting that all the stuff is starting. The narrative's getting out there at a very um, just interesting time, and so they're starting to push it out there. And I do think that if they start, you know, instituting lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, I don't think people will comply. I do think there's going to be like revolt. <laughs> I think that people will be like, I'm not going to do this again because people saw it. And there's a lot of people who are going to think critically this time instead of just mindlessly sh- you know, nodding their heads in agreement with the government. They're not going to do it. She is one half of the Chicks on the Right. Check them out. ChicksOnTheRight.com. The show, the website, the articles, the whole shebang. Daisy, thank you. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. And it takes me back to a simpler place in time. Moonshine Mondays. Little moonshine. Uh, I'm Nigel. That's Hammer. Um, somebody dropped off a couple of weeks ago just giant boxes of this moonshine. Yes, and different flavors. But it's all from the same distillery, right? Yeah, Sugarlands. Sugarlands Shine in God's country of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And you've been there. You've been to the uh, that actual distillery, right? I have. I've done the sampling multiple times. Well, Very good. sampling right now, damn it. All right, so this Saturday night, if you're a race fan, it's the Bristol Night Race in NASCAR. Yeah. One of the better races it on the is, schedule. Because it's a short track, right? I mean, it's right. a short oval, a lot of action, and underneath the lights. So, Look what I got for you, my friend. Look what we got. Let's see here. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Bristol Motor Speedway, the 60th anniversary. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't see a flavor on here. Because there is no flavor. <laughs> the flavor is shine. Okay. That's the flavor. All right. Let me... It's the 60th anniversary bottle for Bristol Motor Speedway. Holy crap. So this is this is like the uh, the clear stuff. The, yes. Uh, we may go blind the here. White Lightning. So oh, Nige right. pouring me a shot, pouring yeah, I mean, himself. Like, I don't watch NASCAR, but this is probably one I watch. So it's let me raise up yeah, a toast yeah, here yeah, real yeah, quick. Yeah. On this special day in our country, to loved ones, to first responders, yes. cheers, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> White lightning! White lightning! We better go to break. Woo! Okay. Moonshine Monday! <laughs> the Hammer and Nigel Show.